1: Got a couple more minutes talking Green Bay Packers, as well as some of the top headlines going around in the NFL. And no one better to do it with than lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus and host of the PFF NFL podcast. It is Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus. Sam, appreciate the time. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing
2: well. How about you guys?
1: Doing well. Obviously, we're excited because as we're talking Packers training camp, that means football is getting closer and closer. But Unfortunately, Sam, there's been a lot of headlines in Packers training camp that has got Packers fans a little on the edge. Obviously, the big one being David Bakhtiari. I mean, at the end of the day, Matt LaFleur talked a couple of weeks ago how he said that it was expected that David Bakhtiari would hopefully be ready for Packers training camp. And then we hear from Brian Gudikins on Wednesday that he unfortunately went through another procedure in the offseason on his knee. I think there's obviously the big question marks on this offense are the the wide receivers, but I think the offensive line, especially with Elton Jenkins coming back, hopefully within the year. I think the offensive line is just as concerning as the wide receivers going into the season. What about you?
2: Yeah, it's always a concern anytime a guy takes longer than sort of one calendar year for everything to be okay, and obviously. You know, these are high level athletes, and sometimes recovery isn't always as straightforward as it's supposed to be, and sometimes things do take longer than that. But anytime uh, an injury recovery is anything but routine, it does make you nervous that that player is not going to be the guy that he was before he got injured. And that's the sort of territory we're in now with David Bacchiarri, and we just have to cross our fingers and hope that he comes back as the guy that he was when he left, which is the best left tackle in the NFL, certainly the best pass protecting left tackle in the league. Um, Yeah, green Bay's offensive line has kind of been deteriorating talent wise for a couple of years now. But one thing is Aaron Rodgers I think provides a fantastic boost to that group. Um, He's a very good quarterback at mitigating some of that pressure and being able to move around and adjust the pocket and, sort of reset the leverage of his offensive linemen. There are plays where any normal quarterback, those guys would be giving up pressure, but Rodgers is able to make a couple of little subtle moves back to back and and almost reset the block. Um, And that's a great boost, I think, for some of these younger guys that that might not be the caliber of the players uh, of the guys they've replaced over the last couple of years. So I think, yeah, on paper, it's definitely a bigger concern than it has been in the past, but I still think – worst case scenario that line will be okay largely because of Aaron Rodgers
1: and obviously the other big question mark on the on the offensive side of the ball going into the season for Packers fans is that wide receiver group obviously Devontae Adams now in Las Vegas and Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs among others Alan Lazard hopefully stepping up but we already know that Christian Watson is dealing with uh, recovering from some surgery that he had as far as cleanup and hopefully he'll be ready during training camp before it ends but it's kind of interesting, though, Sam, I mean, compared to years past, a lot of these guys like Devontae and Jordy and Randall, before they took over as the number one, they had guys in front of them like, you know, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings and stuff like that. But now, especially like hopefully Alan Lazar can be the number one, but these guys are going to have a big role, especially in their first year. What are you kind of seeing from these Packers rookie wide receivers and how have they kind of graded out as far as what pro football focus has been saying?
2: Yeah, it's the first time that there hasn't been this kind of seamless transition, this handing of the baton between number one receiver to number one receiver uh, during really Roger's time. Like you said, it went Donald Driver to Greg Jennings to Jordy Nelson to Devontae Adams, and there was always this elite number one guy there for him to throw to. This year, it's not going to happen unless one of these guys steps up and does something different to what we're expecting. And Look, I, I was excited before training camp started and, and really when they drafted him um, about what Romeo Dubs can do. And so far, uh, obviously, it's ridiculously early, but so far the returns have been good. And the fact that Christian Watson is sidelined a little bit, recovering, it, it opens the door for a guy like Dubs to show more or show he was worth more than the draft pick. And you know, Christian Watson obviously got people excited because of his size and his speed um, but he ran a very sort of Spartan route tree in college in an offense that wasn't the most pass-happy thing in the world and not doesn't necessarily have the best ball skills in the world. So I think he's going to be a work in progress. He's going to be a guy that might take a little while to realize his full potential, but Dubs doesn't have those concerns. Um, he ran a much more diverse route tree in college. He He has experience doing a lot more of the things he's going to need to do to make an early impact in the NFL, and now he's getting the opportunity that a higher draft pick would have early in camp, while while there's a fewer uh, there's you know a, a guy missing from action in front of him.
1: Don't feel bad about Romeo Dubs, Sam. We were literally before we about an hour before we had you on. We were literally doing a 15 minute spotlight on Romeo Dubs and why why we think <laughs> he's gonna make a big impact. So you and I, you and I are kind of on the same page. But once again, we're talking with Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. The other, you know, obviously a big aspect of this team, it's it's weird. A lot of Packers fans for the first time in a lot of their lifetimes have been more excited about this defense going into training camp than the offense, and we were kind of talking about where we think this defense is going to rank, you know, during the season and maybe by the end of the regular season. I think it's definitely got potential to be a top-five defense overall, but what, what are you guys thinking over about, about there at Pro Football Focus when it comes to this Packers defense?
2: Yeah, I, I really love the potential of this defense, and I think they got – Kind of lucky in a way last year. It's so strange when you look at what happened to the Packers last year and the fact that they were without David Bakhtiari for most of the years, Adarius Smith for most of the year, Jair Alexander for most of the year. Those were three of their five most important players from the season before, and they missed basically all of last season. And the fact that they did opened up a kind of role for a backup or a guy lower on the depth chart to step up and really emerge and become that guy and as an edge rusher that was Rashawn Gary and he looks fantastic right now Um, Eric Stokes got a ton of playing time in his first season and really became like the number one corner for the team over the course of the year uh, with Alexander out of the lineup and as much as he got beaten you know every now and again and, and it wasn't all amazing I really liked how much better he looked than I thought he would given his college tape and he was in some really sticky coverage over the course of the season. Now with Alexander back, I think that experience that he got last year is invaluable. So I think this team has the potential to be really good on defense. And I forgot until like today, when I saw his name brought up that they had drafted Devante Wyatt, who's one of my favorite players in the draft as well. Like that guy, I think got overlooked a lot in the draft period because everybody was focusing on, jordan davis and you know all the other stars in that georgia defense but i think wyatt was the best of those defensive linemen this season and you know could make an immediate impact given how good he is already
1: yeah i know a lot of packers fans are very happy that the packers are finally surrounding kenny clark with some depth as well on the defensive line but going back to the secondary with jair alexander coming back hopefully healthy for the entire season eric stokes and rasul douglas locked it down pretty much last year in his absence and they're able to keep rasul douglas but I'm just kind of curious because all three of those guys really have never played slot corner, especially with Eric Stokes being a rookie last year. I just wonder what you think they're going to do when it comes to slot corner. Do you think it's just going to be kind of a rotating uh, position that they'll use all three of those guys?
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Jair Alexander, I think has the most natural skill set to play in the slot, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the direction they'll go. Uh, I, I think, Eric Stokes conversely is the one that I think that's least suited to playing in the slot in terms of what they do well and and where they win. Um, So I think that's probably something they're going to try out and see if one of these guys is a more natural fit inside. But the bottom line is those guys are all three going to be playing an absolute ton. And if they play at the kind of level they were playing last season and Jair Alexander, obviously the year before, I mean, that that might be the best one, two, three cornerback group in the league.
1: Once again, talking with Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. Also check out the PFF NFL podcast as well and follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Kind of looking outside this Packers or Packers team, really the division overall, Minnesota's got a new coach. Detroit keeps on adding players like DJ Chark and stuff like that. I'm not really expecting anything from the Bears, unfortunately. But aside from the Packers, like who do you think could be the top threat in the division in the NFC North?
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of unknown about the other teams in the the division. Detroit are a lot of people's um, kind of fashionable pick right now for a team that will uh, outdo their win total um, and and overperform expectations. And it's definitely possible. I really like the way the Lions have been building in this rebuild project. Um, But it does rely on a lot of these young guys they've added already taking that next step this year and developing. And if they don't, if they just haven't, you know, use those picks particularly well. They're not going to take the big step forward that people thought they would. Uh, and then the Vikings are in this weird spot where they changed the regime. You know, they got rid of the GM, they got rid of the head coach, but other than that, have stayed pretty much the same. Um, they haven't pressed the reset button. They're pretty much charting the same course with different people at the helm and hoping that will have different results. And. Maybe it will. Uh, maybe Kevin O'Connell's offense will be the difference in Kirk Cousins and, and the rest of those guys, the offensive line getting better. But maybe it's, that's just not enough change for a team that ultimately was kind of stuck in the middle of the pack. Um, I think just from talent level, the Vikings are probably the second best team and therefore the biggest threat to the Packers. But I think there's definitely a, a wide a wide range of outcomes for both those teams.
1: Another threat to the Packers, especially Potentially, come playoff time, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and obviously, Packers fans were hoping that Julio Jones. At this point, we all knew was going to be a one year deal and like around six million. But Packers fans were definitely hoping that they could bring in Julio Jones along with Sammy Watkins to kind of help guide these rookie wide receivers. But now, obviously, Julio Jones, a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I agree with you, Sam. I saw on your Twitter eighty five on Julio Jones. It's just disgusting. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, Tom Brady is definitely going to get some production out of Julio Jones and kind of is unfortunate for Packers fans that they couldn't at least play keep away from Tampa Bay with Julio.
2: Yeah. And I think he sort of has more value for Tampa Bay than green Bay as well, because the Packers we talked about before, like they need to replace Devonte Adams. They need a number one guy and Julio Jones might not be that guy anymore. Um, given the injuries he's dealt with, given his age, he just might not have that left in the tank But Tampa Bay don't need that. Like, they they don't even need to play him early in the season. They can ease him in and make sure that he's 100% healthy and up to speed, and he becomes a contingency plan for them. And if they lose a guy late in the season like they did a year ago, they don't have to turn, you know, to Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, who who seems to have sort of lost Tom Brady's faith, and all of a sudden they can bring Julio Jones off the bench or, you know, out of the bullpen and, and get some real play out of him down the stretch or into the playoffs that's such a luxury for a team that is you know expecting to be challenging and expecting to be a Super Bowl contender
1: once again talking with Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus also check out the PFF NFL podcast and follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam last one for you here looking outside of the NFC and going over the AFC West this division is just bonkers I mean I, aside from you know Devontae Adams going there and joining Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro you had former Packer MVS going to Kansas City, replacing Tyreek Hill and stuff like that. Kind of a, a two-parter for you here. I find it interesting with those two teams in particular that, you know, the NFL is going towards this trend where they're they're not obviously willing to pay the top wide receivers and they have more confidence in these rookie wide receivers right away. But I, I just don't know who's going to come out of that division. I don't know what you guys are over there thinking at pro football focus too. I, I can't pick a team, honestly. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, I did power rankings a while ago, and I think all four teams in that division could have an argument for being inside the top 10 in the NFL. Um, Obviously they're going to take wins off each other. You know, one of those teams probably won't look as good because of that, but all four of those teams have absolutely legitimate superstars. They've got a lot to like. They've got good quarterbacks. Like Derek Carr might be the worst quarterback in the division, and he's probably a top 10, top 12 quarterback in any given season, So, yeah, the the entire AFC West is an absolutely brutal division right now. And I think you probably default to the idea that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs win the division um, because that's that's just the best starting point that anybody's going to have. But it wouldn't be a shock if the Chargers were able to overhaul them or the Broncos, if the Russell Wilson thing really hits the ground running, you know, if he's able to drag them to somewhere different. And even the Raiders, like they, the Raiders left a lot of meat on the bone last season in terms of sort of some fairly suicidal scheme tendencies at times. And they've added, you know, Devontae Adams makes a huge difference if that offensive line can hold its head above water, like the Raiders are a good team as well. So that it's being talked about as the best division in football for a reason. It's going to be amazing to watch how that all shakes out.
1: And once again, lastly, too, for you here, Sam, this trend of, the top wide receiver is being dealt to other teams. You had Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. And then on top of that, you're also seeing a little bit tougher for these wide receivers to get their extensions right away. We're still waiting on Devo. DK just got his, but what are your guys' thoughts on this trend about, I think it just speaks to the the wide receivers coming out of college and how ready they are, but it's, it's kind of weird that, you know, obviously we think Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, the Packers and Chiefs, they should pay them, but, I think the numbers at the end of the day kind of show that these wide receivers coming out of college, it's just a different time.
2: Yeah, I think there's a few things at play. There's there's the point you made, which is we're seeing more and more of these guys not just step in out of the college game, but step in and are, and are able to dominate right away. Like Jamar Chase the top five receiver in the NFL already after his rookie season. Justin Jefferson from the year before, same thing. Like these guys just step in and they're immediately alpha number one dominant force as a receiver. Um, you've also got that DeAndre Hopkins contract screwed everybody off, right? They, the deal that he got in Arizona or got from the Texans, um, it messed up the kind of the the marketplace. It was an outlier relative to everybody else. And that really, I think, is why Devontae Adams isn't in Green Bay, because the Packers did not want to go past that DeAndre Hopkins contract. They thought rightly that it wasn't the the real marketplace. It wasn't where receiver money should be, and they they basically dragged their feet so long that when they were finally willing to go there, Devonte Adams was just sick of it and said, "No, I'm out. I'm gone. It's it's too late. You know, you had your chance, and now I'm out of here." So I think that definitely caused some problems as well. And the same thing is probably true with uh, Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs that the Chiefs just weren't willing to go to that number to keep Tyreek Hill in place and. There's always going to be somebody in the NFL that will, you know, a, a team that's willing to uh, go to that level of, of money. But I think those two things in tandem are definitely causing some teams, particularly ones that have got quarterbacks on big money, and look at the the kind of salary cap, um, you know, where all the money is and just say, you know what, it's, it's not worth it this time.
1: That is Sam Munson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focused and host, of the PFF NFL podcast, follow him on Twitter at pff underscore, scam, underscore sam. Sam, always appreciate the time. I'm sure we'll be talking once again before the regular season begins and throughout the season. Appreciate it. Hey, time, guys. Take it easy. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New
0: iPhone 15s? It's over
1: here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s
2: on us and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.